That's a really brilliant idea. Sounds like a lot of fun. You heard it here first. That's right. And the home of the To episode 109 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And I am going to try to continue a trend that we've been pretty good with lately here on the podcast, and I'm going to jump right into our starting lineup for tonight, just to get that out of the way up front. And for tonight's starting lineup, as ever in goal, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my valiant co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm hanging in there. The internet is not treating us well tonight, so hopefully we'll still get a good podcast out of it, but among other things, but kind of sad, too, for some things that you'll be bringing up. Agreed. So just to give you, the listener, uh, a qualifier here up top, between the internet and the fact that I'm still using my backup laptop, if at any point we're having a conversation and it sounds conspicuously like something is missing, like there was some setup line or some part of the conversation just abruptly got dropped, it's probably because either the internet or my laptop caused that to not record properly. So we apologize in advance. Stick with us. Hopefully it will be a good podcast nevertheless. But speaking of loss, however, James, as you alluded to, yeah, unfortunately this week was a tough one. Last week was also not great for wrestlers in particular. There was a bunch of wrestlers that all died actually on the same day. And I guess the most well-known or one of the most well-known among them was Brian Christopher, who was the son of Jerry the King Lawler. So, uh, you know, he... he... (laughs) He was a tragic story, and I'm sure you can look him up if you're really interested. But um, this week was not much better. Wrestling-wise, we had earlier this week, we lost one half of the Hart Foundation tag team, the former partner of Bret the Hitman Hart and father of Natty Nightheart, who is a current WWE superstar. We lost Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and he passed away unexpectedly, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. He's a part of a lot of people's childhood. He was part of probably one of the best tag teams of all time, at least one of the best WWF tag teams. And, you know, he had a lasting impact and not only in what he himself did, but in what his daughter is currently doing and in the people that he influenced as a wrestler. So Anvil, we will miss you wherever you are. I hope you're uh, selling out the joint and headlining. Yeah, amen to that. Bret Hart is my all-time favorite wrestler. And yeah, growing up, those are my guys. That was my tag team, the Hart Foundation. So that that, that hits me pretty hard, too. And you said that very well. On behalf of all of us guys and girls, I guess, that uh, grew up watching wrestling, 
in the early eighties and, and stuff like that, it's, uh, it's pretty painful. So yeah, it's sad for Natty. So hopefully, you know, just following her on Twitter, obviously she's totally heartbroken. I was curious to see what they did on Monday night raw and SmackDown as well. I'm sure they did their tributes. Uh, unfortunately I'm not getting home in time to watch these programs and I don't have DVR and whatnot, but very sad. And, uh, yeah, Fred Hart himself following him obviously was, couldn't even say anything because he was so uh, broken hearted and uh, no pun intended, but yeah, you know, Rest in peace, Anvil. Yeah, they, uh, just to answer your question, kind of, I was a little surprised they didn't do a graphic at the top of the show or come out on the stage as everybody does sometimes for uh, like a 10 bell salute, really big wrestler deaths, but they did have a very nice highlight package about him during the show. And as part of the opening promo on Raw, Ronda Rousey talked about how her friend Natty is really, you know, hurting and missing her father and how important a father is to a little girl in her life and how deep of a loss the Anvil passing was going to be felt by Natty and, and you know, by everybody in the WWE. So I thought that was pretty classy. They mentioned it on SmackDown as well. I don't remember if they did a video package of any kind, but they, they definitely addressed it there uh, as well. So the anvil did not pass unnoticed. All right. And then the other, <laughs> which, you know, the anvil was a fairly big loss in the wrestling world, but the other loss that happened just today as we record was a loss that's going to be felt all over the world, period. And that, of course, was Lady Soul Aretha Franklin, who, uh, you know, lost a battle with pancreatic cancer. And, you know, she... <laughs> I, I swear this isn't like a fat joke or anything. She was larger than life just in, in terms of the impact that she had on people. Her music obviously was incredibly powerful. And, you know, when you think of that kind of uh, soul Motown era, you can't not think of Aretha Franklin. She, you know, she, her, she was the queen of soul. She had that powerful voice that just came from inside and, and just you know, hit you like a freight train. She was definitely very impactful. And I mean, even up to a couple of years ago, I saw a bunch of news articles and I had forgotten about this, but at the time it was a big deal when she did the national anthem for the Lions game on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago in 2016. Right. And some people thought that was the best performance of the national anthem of all time. I don't know if I would go that far, but it was definitely a powerful, impactful performance. And, you know, it's really remarkable with some of these singers that even towards the end of their lives, when they're not in great shape and, you know, their best years are behind them, they can still reach down and deliver the kind of performance that she did. It's it's a you know a credit and a tribute to the woman's talent and the music world and the world at large is definitely going to feel her loss. Very well said and exactly sorry for sounding like a grumpy old man here, but you know, obviously uh, Aretha Franklin predates Gary and I, but that era of coming up whenever her career started. Obviously, I know her from the early 60s on, as you said, with uh, Motown and all that wonderful, fantastic, great music. And she lasted for decades. But those were real professionals. These people were really talented. They could really sing. They weren't just put together by some producer nonsense and looked pretty. I mean, they, they really could do it. 
And nothing proves that more than singing live, as uh, Miss Franklin was able to do for decades. And really never lost her chops from what I've heard, you know, playing piano, just so, totally, totally, really talented. And uh, for anybody growing up nowadays with whatever, you got Ariana Grande or, you know, everybody's the same with the nasal screaming and yelling and produced and uh, harmonized and whatever. Just do yourself a favor. If you really want to listen to real talented, great music, I'm not talking about when I grew up in the 80s and all that stuff. I'm talking about, like Gary said, Motown and, and real soul and and music like that and aretha franklin was at the four so uh that it's a it's it is a huge huge loss and unfortunately the generations before were able to enjoy her and hopefully younger generations will be able to appreciate what true talent is and uh may she live on forever yeah there's a song that tom petty did the, the late tom petty at this point that's another yeah. one that we lost last year was it or earlier this yeah. year? I don't remember even, but yeah, yeah, I mean, so many great talents have gone in the last couple of years. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. But, um, in his album, the last DJ, right. there is a song called Joe, which is a very cynical, um, the premise of the song is that the titular Joe is the CEO of a music label and he's singing about, you know, what makes for a successful musical artist these days. And, there's one, I guess it's kind of the chorus, but it, I don't know. But he, he says, um, give me a girl. They're always the best. You put them on stage and you have them undress. Some angel blank who can learn a guitar lick. Hey, now that's what I call music. Mm. And, you know, it's the, the song is very like sarcastic and, and cynical, but you know, honestly, I'm not saying there are no talented female performers now because that's a gross generalization and, and it's, you know, not fair, frankly. But a lot of the, as you kind of alluded to, ultra produced music now is just kind of just that. You know, you get a girl who looks good, who can dance a little and who can, you know, kind of sing well enough that you can auto tune into something passable and you know people flock to see her and like i said it's not the case across the board but it is a common enough play that uh, it has become a little cliche and you do have to go back to those people like aretha franklin who could really do it i mean she was raw talent and and charisma and style and grace and you know she was she was incredible you know that's and I can't I can't say much more than that. And again, I don't want to make this like a kids these days don't know nothing about music. I don't want to make it one of those because that's not what this is about. But, you know, we've we've lost one of the really special talents today. That's 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 all. Yeah. And if you don't believe us, quite frankly, what, what I think I'm trying to say is on average, you could take anyone like the Supremes, Tina Turner or, you know, any of them back then just sticking with the women and they literally can blow anybody out of the water nowadays. That's, that's a popular singer. And it's just basically, it, it's just about talent just on average back then to really make it, you had to really be talented. Nowadays it's easy with YouTube and Instagram. Everybody's a star. Everybody has a million hits and it's really been diluted. So just if, if you, yes, if we're being a little bit too long in the tooth and, my day and so on and so forth forgive us but we're just trying to help everybody 
And uh, losing Aretha Franklin and, and, and people of that caliber, you don't want them to go away because they were so great and they deserve to continue to be great and listened to and admired. And hopefully that will always be the case. You know, a lot of these people are getting older now and we only have two Beatles left and so on and so forth. So and one of them is Ringo. People. I love Ringo, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, Paul McCartney was very gracious what he had to say about Aretha as well. So just really no, we're not progressing. OK, you know, we're kind of taking steps backwards here, but. Yeah, um, sorry, but uh, we miss you, Aretha, already. I would just like to point out that we <laughs> we do not have a million hits on YouTube or anywhere else. No. So no. <laughs> if you want to help us out with that, you know, I, I'd be happy to auto-tune something and <laughs> pretend to have talent. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, there's well, something to be said for, for fame, even if it's not earned. Justin Bieber did or does play ice hockey in a way, and I think didn't he pop up at an All-Star game or something? was um, abused a little bit by real pros. But I think whatever. so, yes. That's that's as close as uh, Pop-Tarts that we'll get to. There's a connection with hockey and Pop-Tarts. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, do you want to get going with the podcast, James? Is there anything else, any good news or anything interesting happening this past week that we should talk about before we jump into the podcast proper? Yeah, how are you? I'm okay. I actually had a really good weekend in that when I played hockey. I don't want to brag too much, but we had some great games. We played on Sunday. As I mentioned, I think last week or the week before, we play shorter games, six-minute periods usually. It was so hot and humid on Sunday that we played five-minute periods. We also didn't have any subs. Well, no, we had one sub that we switched between teams. So we played three games, and I got myself a sweep. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, it's. I don't want to sound uh, I'm, you know, teaching class here or, or getting up on a soapbox. But uh, I think it's, you know, this is going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here. It's a tribute to my dedication and my resilience. No, the first game I played, the first period, I was just awful. I was hot garbage. I, I said to my teammates, you know, I apologize. I said, I played that period like I bought a ticket. Like, you know, I, I gave up three goals in five minutes and it would have been even more if not for a few lucky posts and inexplicable misses on open nets. But I just kind of, I refocused myself between periods and I just kind of was able to wake myself up and get my head in the game. And we wound up winning that game, uh, I think five, four in overtime wow. we scored. And by we, I mean, Brad, friend of the podcast, Brad Vonsky, we had pulled me. And uh, so it was with an empty net. And it was literally less than a second left. Brad scored the tying goal. I'm not trying to pile on or brag. And opposing goalie, Sean, is a, a loyal listener of the podcast. And I want to say Sean played a great series of games himself. He deserved a, at least one win with the way he played. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but I, I don't want to take anything away from him. He was, you know, <laughs> he, he was great. But for my confidence, I've not won a lot of games lately. And I've been in one of those kind of funks where I start to wonder, you know, is it time? And I know, James, you would vehemently disagree with that. But, you know, as a goalie, I can only speak for myself, but, you, you know, you lose enough games, you feel like... I'm costing my team, you know, I'm the problem. So a day like Sunday when, you know, I can get three solid wins 
in a day and really be on my game because again this is going to be sound like me bragging but I really feel like I was on my game and I have been the last few weeks and Sunday it finally started to pay off I've been playing a lot better I think it's a lesson and I think it's something that I want to put out there that if you have a bad game or if you have you know five or six bad games or whatever you just keep pushing and eventually you're going to break through the tide will turn. And even if you start a game badly, as I did on Sunday in my first game, don't give up. Don't like break your stick and storm off the rink and say, you know, sorry, guys, I don't have it today. And and basically forfeit the game in your head because it's never over until the final horn blows. You got to trust that you can hold the line and you've got to trust that your teammates can pick you up. And sometimes you do have those magical runs. So, you know, I guess I feel like this is like an after school special or, you know, a Disney channel movie, like, but, but don't give up. Just keep on keeping on and you'll get it in the end. But that's the problem with the goalie mentality is a goalie always feels like he wins and he loses or she, and that's not the case. It's, it's so unfair. And as you said, you said it best yourself about Sean, he wasn't beaten. The team was beaten. So, I mean, how many times have you seen great go- and being Ranger fans with guys like Lundquist and being Mets fans too, for the pitchers, these guys have to do everything to win games. If you give up a goal and you lose, that's not on the goalie. Even if you just face three shots, it's not on the goalie. You know what I mean? So, exactly. And in our league, there there aren't many teams, so we're always facing one another. And just laws of percentages, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. So, it has nothing to do with unless you're really, really bad. And uh, that's definitely not the case for any goalie in the LIQ, especially not you and, and Sean. So, yeah, that's just the way it goes. And especially if you're, you're spending less time playing, there's less opportunity to win. And you never know. So uh, that's the problem of balancing playing against the clock. And yeah, the goalie, it's just not fair. And I, I didn't come up with that either. I've heard that about fathers who uh, have their sons playing in the NHL. And that's the problem is they take the blame for the loss, but they don't take the credit for the wins either. So that that's just not fair. Mm, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Yes, it is a team game. You're absolutely right. And a goalie can't win a game on his own, no matter how good he is. And Yes, I absolutely agree with you with the whole the loss is my fault part of it. But as far as not taking credit for a win, I think when you have a good enough game and you stop some really good shots, I think most take credit for that to some extent. Because honestly, if I'm talking and looking at myself objectively, you know, part of it is ego. Like it's the same with I'm sure with a starting pitcher or a quarterback in football, or, you know, like a point guard in basketball, I guess. It's ego. You know, you you want to be the person with the ball in your hand if it's basketball, or, or you know, you want to be that the guy or girl on whose shoulders the game rests. You know, you, you want that responsibility, and part and parcel with that is the mentality that it's my fault. You know, that comes with the position. Look, this is a generalization. You know, the way I look at it, that's your job and and it's on you that's what drives you you know that's the fire that keeps you going and there's a certain amount of pride and a lot of ego so i guess the short version is objectively yes the goalie is only one cog in in the team but it's my team and my game to win or lose 
All right. I think I've talked enough about about myself and my craft, but mainly myself. So I, I think I'm going to let you talk for a little while, James. Could I convince you, if you would not mind, please telling us what is on deck for this podcast? No convincing necessary. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Decks on Deck, an amazing hockey charity program known as Hockey Sticks Together, will be adding deck hockey to its roster. A deck hockey pal. The Police Athletic League of Pottstown, PA, makes no doubt about it with their incredible deck hockey programs. And the Arizona Coyotes have already done the impossible by uniting Coyotes with Roadrunners. And now they have taken yet another great step in promoting the beautiful sport of deck hockey. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. I would just like to point out that I was taking a drink while you were doing the on deck just now. And when you broke out that meep meep, I was a hair's breadth away from a spit take. <laughs> like, my laptop almost got soaked. And I, I thank you for for delivering on that. That was, that was great. I appreciate that. Well, I owe you a few, so I'm lacking in, in the funny things. So trying to make up for that. <laughs> so a new charity in Pittsburgh, and they really know what they're doing in terms of promoting hockey, especially deck hockey. And there's one foundation called Hockey Sticks Together, and they raised over $100,000 for inner city kids and wounded veterans, and uh, led by Chris Kunitz. He's a current player, just signed with the Blackhawks, as a matter of fact, and some of his teammates or friends with a golf outing, and then after that, an auction and dinner. That's how they were able to raise $100,000, so with the help of Kunitz, John Gibson, who plays for the Ducks, Vincent Trocek of Florida, and former Penguin Craig Adams all teamed up to do this wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Look, we talk about these philanthropic ventures here on the podcast, you know, fairly frequently. This is this is special. You know, that this is a program like this, I think, you know, not to oversell it. I don't know if you can oversell it, but... I really think this is very valuable, and I really applaud Hockey Sticks Together for putting this thing together. Yeah, just like you were saying, Hockey Sticks Together Foundation, and speaking of team mentality, have combined in the Pittsburgh area to maximize the effectiveness and help as many people as possible. And that's what's so beautiful about it and generous about it. It's all about helping. It's not about egos or, or outdoing one another. It's all about doing the right thing. And it's just all, all good. Michael Humphreys is the executive director, and now he oversees 11 teams, something called Hockey is for Everyone. And as he was saying, he's quoted as saying, we can raise five times more money together than we could if we were just the Mighty Penguins. So the beautiful thing about this, they're going to include deck hockey. They're doing all of this for ice hockey and sleds and and all this other great stuff, but they haven't done deck hockey, which you figure that's probably the easiest one and would get the most people involved. There's never a bad time to play deck hockey. Absolutely. So definitely wow. best of luck to the good people of Pittsburgh. Their hearts are absolutely in the right place. They've done great work. Again, Gary and I have mentioned them in the past on this podcast and uh, hopefully that they could reach as many people and maybe even expand beyond Pittsburgh to other cities and help out wonderful, good people. Actually, there probably are some bad times to play deck hockey. Like, say, if your wife is having a baby, you know, you probably shouldn't be playing deck hockey. There are some bad times to play deck hockey. But generally speaking, it's a good idea, and I'm in favor of it. Absolutely. And, and yes, just to put a cap on this is that the 
exploding number of youth players that are getting involved, that uh, they went from 150 current players, they think they could go as far as 250 by next year. And the other great thing about that, too, is speaking of expanding, is Hockey Sticks Together Foundation receives help from both the Penguins Foundation, the NHL Penguins, that is, and the NHL itself. Hockey is for everyone program. And uh, the Pittsburgh model is now being used for other cities and organizations as a way to improve opportunities for everybody. And uh, maybe even Canada could get involved as well. So good stuff. Ron Canada? Who's that? Is he related to Ron Hockey? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ron Canada is an actor. He's he's oh. he's been in things. I mean, I, okay. I, I he's like a, he's one of those guys that you know is kind of a, a character actor that you see. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. But uh, yeah, he's I don't know, Ron Canada. Okay, you, you'd probably recognize him if you saw him. Well done. Good, nice way of being a pal, American Rhino. I see what you did there, James. <laughs> I see what you did there. Sure. Getting back to the great state of uh, Pennsylvania, up in Pottstown, PA, Area Police Athletic League, also known as PAL, is expanding its deck hockey, which they've already had for 30 years. Now they're expanding to an instructional program designed to get four- and five-year-olds, boys and girls, they're going to call it a chipmunk league, and uh, it's the largest intramural sneaker hockey league in Eastern PA. And it's all about teaching, again, the fundamentals of hockey. And it's really phenomenal. I mean, 30 years of this and it's still going strong. That's the way to do it. So just to give you an idea about the PAL Deck Hockey League in Pottstown, PA, they have boys and girls from ages 6 to 18 intramural leagues of 4 to 7 teams each. The league is played outdoors, just like the LIQ and other great deck hockey leagues that we all know and love. And it's in uh, West Pottsgrove, the elementary school deck where they play uh, one night a week. And uh, they play games on weekends. So everybody gets a chance to play. Everybody gets a chance to have fun and enjoy himself. Also, at the end, every team makes the playoff and there's a double elimination playoff for the teams. And after that, there's a parent-child game and parties. So it's from beginning to end, fun, fun, fun. Woo! Party! Ain't no party like a deck party. Amen to that. I don't. I that's. I don't think that's a that's a thing. That's like a. I, I imagine a deck party is generally a party on somebody's deck. So that's not really the same thing. But you know what? I remember ice skating. No, I shouldn't say that. I didn't ice skate. I never went to any ice skating parties. I remember roller skating parties at uh, Laces was the which ironically turned into an ice skating rink at some point. So I remember, you know, pizza parties and bowling parties and and there was a like a video game arcade kind of place called Our Place 2 that did parties, birthday parties. Never had a deck party. I think that would have been pretty cool actually and pretty easy to organize. You know what? Pottstown aside, I am in favor of throwing a deck hockey party for your child as a, you know, a birthday party. It seems like it would be pretty cheap. All you have to do is get a bunch of, you know, basically Milek plastic hockey sticks, which when you're talking about the cheapest ones compared to what you would pay for a party, which is thousands of dollars now, you get a few sticks 
Uh, you you get a couple of nets if you already have nets. You know, bonus. Maybe you rent out a park or or you know you rent out some time on on a rink of some sort. But it seems like it would be pretty easy to put together, and it seems like it would be a lot of fun, and it would be a learning experience for a lot of the kids. So you know, make the the birthday child the captain of you know one of the teams that gets first pick or first two picks or whatever and uh you know go just you know it's 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 a thing this could be a thing james i think it should start with a certain american rhino's birthday which just so happens to be coming up very soon is that a fact you know it's funny my wife just the other day my wife informed me that my daughter is counting down the days and I'm not even counting the days till my birthday. Oh, of course, because we go to Applebee's for our birthday. And my daughter especially enjoys, you know, when the wait staff comes over and sings happy birthday to, <laughs> to us. So that's, uh, you know, it's always a treat to go to Applebee's, but that especially just tickles her. So she's really looking forward to that. And, you know, great. Excellent. <laughs> but as far as the deck hockey party, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm down for that. Although I will say that historically, I'm very bad at picking teams. So if I am picking the teams, I want John, Brad, and Brett. Done. Happy birthday. (laughs) All right. Great. (laughs) There are many talented people in the LIQ, but in terms of of pure skill and two-way players, I think I can't go wrong with those guys. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be offended by that. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of talented guys out there and, um, Anytime we've ever split up teams too, where it seems like one time one team is a lot more talented or on paper than the other, and they've been the most evenly matched games that we've ever played. So that's the beauty of it, and that's the beauty of deck hockey in general too, which is what uh, Pal is doing over in Pottstown, and they have more than 300 players in their regular league. So now they have to expand both spring and fall seasons, which started back in 2013. And then this summer, they partnered with Hockey Potsdown Penguins, a local ice hockey team, for development camps for children's ages 4 to 10, two nights a week. So they've got everything going here from deck through ice. Everybody's on board. It's fantastic. It's for the kids mostly. And you're just developing great habits, love of the sport, and uh, future, I'm sure the NHL is going to love that too, because you're going to have future players coming out of these uh, great leagues and programs. Yeah, I, I got to say, this is kind of apropos of nothing, but one of the organizations that's working with PAL is, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this, the, the Skoikil, Skoikil Valley Sports, and also Milak, but that kind of makes me think of like a Jerry Lewis kind of skyle you know I cheated and looked it up how to pronounce that and I think it's skookle so you're extremely close but I, I like the way you pronounce it better anyway so skyle that's that's how it's gonna be for this Skykel. podcast. that's I mean, whatever. It's hockey. I'm used to names being pronounced differently from the way they look. Right. That happens all the time in the NHL. But I don't know. Schuylkill sounds, I mean, whatever. If that's how they pronounce the town, that's fine. I, you know, I have a long history of people mispronouncing my name. So I, I understand that can be a little bit annoying. So fine. Your town is Schuylkill and I accept that. But Schuylkill, I just think that's more fun. 
So, you know. Agreed. In some alternate reality, I think the town can be called Skygull. I said before, you can't believe everything you read and hear on the internet, so that could be wrong. S-C-H-U-Y-L-K-I-L-L. But I like your pronunciation. Skygull! Yeah, so they, they've they expanded to pre-K and kindergarten-aged children now, and uh, that's going to be played on two nights for instructionals. And the youngsters will have on-rink instruction from coaches and scrimmages for better development. They'll be playing with colleagues or at least children in their own ages so everybody can develop at the same time and uh, no one will be left behind either. So that that's really thoughtful. And uh, Alverna University's men's ice hockey team head coach, Steve Rowe, is going to be a coach there too. And you're going to be taught the proper way, which is extremely important when you're just starting out. So you want an excellent foundation and build from that. So yes, the Skoikel Valley Sports and Milek Hockey, they provide free sticks for the players. So this is, just, I mean, yes, it, it is, if it is in fact pronounced Skookel, the, the obscure and weird frame of references that I have. When I hear Skookel, I think of the song Kooky from like <laughs> the 50s. Skookel, Skookel, give me your stick. Like, I don't, you know, that, that's, that's what I think of. There's something wrong with me, James. Like nobody, maybe one one or two people who actually listen to this podcast are going to have the slightest idea what I'm talking about. There was a song popular in the late 50s called Kooky, Kooky, Lend Me Your Comb. So like that that's what I, Skookle, Skookle, give me your stick. Like what, what, why, why? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's why I listen to this podcast is because I think you're hysterical. And very talented. So whatever works, it's you're doing a good job at it. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. My poor wife. My poor wife. She gets all this free entertainment that nonstop. Who needs to watch TV? She's got you. She doesn't have time. She well, certainly same. doesn't have time to put up with my nonsense. Oh, well. But uh, the, the Potsdam Pal Deck Hockey teams with other organizations such as Hill Hockey Helps, Potsdam Sports Carnival. Step right up, step right up. Everyone's a winner except for the teams that lose. Step right up. Reading. I believe it's pronounced Redding, actually. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I can't read. And uh... <laughs> it's like the classic television show Redding Rainbow. Butterfly in the sky, Eagle. I can go twice as high, Eagle. Wow. How many people can I offend in this one podcast? Let's see. I'm insulting somebody's town. I'm wrecking somebody's childhood. Let's keep going. Keep going. I'm on a roll. Okay. Oh, yeah. So uh, Pottsgrove School District has also been involved as well for hosting events. And if you want more information on this, we'll put it on our Facebook and, and Twitter accounts. And all registrations are held online at www.pottstownpal.org. And if you're in the Pottstown, Pennsylvania area, no excuse not to. I just want to say that LeVar Burton is a national treasure and God bless that man. Amen to that. Like, I grew up on Reading Rainbow. I know so many people of our generation did and... 
you know, he's like, uh, seriously, like him and Mr. Rogers and, you know, the Sesame Street gang and, and people like that, who, you know, basically everybody on PBS from when we were kids. Just thank you. Thank you, Mr. Burton. You deserve better than what we've given you on this podcast. And yeah, right. Thanks for speaking for all of us, too. But speaking of Mr. Rogers for our generation, and, and I always said that as well, is my Mr. Rogers or our, our generation, Mr. Rogers was LeVar Burton and uh, really cemented his greatness. And yes, uh, hopefully we didn't offend you. Happen to listen to this or somebody tells you about it. I'm only speaking for myself, but I don't want to undersell Fred Rogers either. Yeah, so just just for me, I was I'm still a great, wonderful, generous man. But he was like, I don't know. I felt like I could hang out with Lavar. I felt like, yeah, he's my pal. We'll go hang out and go to a library or wherever, go camping. You know, so many great episodes he had in in Reading Rainbow. James, you don't have to feel that way. Mister Rogers True. always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So fair enough. Thank you, sir. <laughs> And uh, speaking of great neighborhoods, let's end up in Arizona, in this wonderful country of the U.S., <laughs> where, again, we've talked about this in the past, the great work that the Coyotes have been doing specifically for deck hockey and uh, hit the deck 70. Go back and check that out for what the Coyotes have been doing. And since the spring of 2017, they have built multiple deck hockey rinks in the Arizona area around that beautiful state. So that is amazing. They just really, that was the idea as well, to promote the team a little bit more. And uh, deck hockey is definitely a great way to do that. And the Coyotes Minor League Roadrunners. So for all you Warner Brothers fans out there who know about the huge rivalry between Wild E. Coyote and the Roadrunner, this is really mind-blowing. So yeah, the Tucson Roadrunners have unveiled a brand new deck hockey rink about a month ago, which is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, they even have plans for this new deck hockey rink to uh, install lights and and put a cover over it too because it could get really hot. I believe that. And uh, they want to have as much fun and, and play as, as long as they can and enjoy it. So to be able to play at night under the lights and or at least during the day, uh, block out that hot sun and uh, be in the shade. Now we put a link to uh, like a hockey rink unveiling on our Facebook page recently. And I I believe it was in Arizona. Was that this or was that something else? Yes, it was. As a matter of fact, very good call, American Rhino. Yeah, well, you do all the legwork. I just work here. That's the same thing. So if you you haven't seen it before, you could backtrack a little bit. You could check it out. And we'll try and put the uh, current link again on our Twitter and uh, Facebook pages. So in case you can't find it, we'll make it a lot more easy to find it. Or a lot easier to find it, I should say. So yeah, so that, that, that's the cool thing. Mr. Waite Ruff is a spokesman for the Tucson Roadrunners. And combined with the Boys and Girls Club, the Tucson Unified School District as well. They will be using the rink during school days. And then the Boys and Girls Club, after hours, will have it from there with their programs. And uh, it's all taken care of by the Tucson Roadrunners. And everybody gets to share. Everybody has fun. And... It's, again, another great example of what care goes into the wonderful sport of deck and how it is open for specifically for children, but for anybody. Uh, As Gary and I have said many a time and and guests on this podcast have agreed that if you want to play, there's no restrictions whatsoever. You're welcome to play deck hockey. Try it. Doesn't matter. Boy, girl, man, woman and uh, anything else. 
age. You could, I mean, we, there have been stories about deck hockey players that are in their 60s and 80s for crying out loud. So there's really no limit. And check it out. And and great job by the Arizona Coyotes and the Tucson Roadrunners for doing everything they can to encourage people to play and brand spanking new deck hockey rinks. Boy, oh boy, I wish it was like that here in New York. I think we could put one of those ranks to good use <laughs> between the two of us. Yeah, and only like a little over two years, they've built three deck rinks in the Phoenix area already. So well done on them. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Okay, so um, Pops, <laughs> thank you for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to you for listening to the podcast and sticking with us. I know it got off to a little bit of a somber start, but I hope we were able to make it worth your while. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing music to the podcast thank you to the liq and uh you know really thank you to everybody who's contributed so if you would like to listen to the podcast some more i would encourage you to subscribe go find us on one of those review us that would be the biggest help of all if you would please please consent to review us it'll take you five minutes go on itunes and find the podcast and throw us a review we would love you forever if you did that so thank you for that and if you want to talk to us, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to share a story with us, feedback on something that we've talked about, give your opinion. Really, if there's anything that you think we should know, you can get us at hitthedeckgmail.com. That is our email address. You can tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. You can get us on Instagram or we are Hit the Deck Podcast on the YouTubes. James, is there anything that you'd care to add? Yeah, check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Raleigh Street Hockey League. And if you're in a generous mood, go check out LaGrange Hockey. And they're another great situation over there promoting the great sport of deck hockey and uh, donate some gear or money to their wonderful cause as well. And thanks for listening. How, 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 how can you go wrong? Yes, I echo that sentiment. Thank you for listening. And of course, as always, I will thank you to remember that whether you are mourning the death of a beloved figure in your life or whether you are celebrating your uh, deck hockey birthday, whether you are helping people who have a little bit of difficulty helping themselves playing hockey or whether you are just somebody who is trying to grow the game through altruism and philanthropy regardless of what you are doing I encourage you always to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody sorry that's okay i just thought the uh, voices in my head were getting a little louder <laughs> <laughs>